Hey guys, Amanda here. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to tell you about apartment life. Did you know that 95% of people living in apartments aren't connected to a local church? Our friends at Apartment Life bring believers into apartment communities to host events and care for fellow residents in times of need. Those experiences can open the door to meet people right where they are with the hope of the gospel, even in a pandemic. Apartment Life has connected more than 65,000 residents with a local church over the last 20 years. If you're passionate about loving your neighbors, visit apartmentlife.org slash she reads truth for all the details. Okay, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And this is the first episode in our Proverbs series. Yay! We are very excited. <laughs> We're joined by our good friend, Russ Ramsey. Russ is a local pastor here in Nashville. He's the author of many books. One is The Advent of the Lamb of God, which you might want to check out before the Advent season. But this episode, if you're looking for just a really good lay of the land for the book of Proverbs and for this four-week study that we're entering into today, this is the episode for you. Russ is an excellent teacher, and he's just one of our favorite people to open our Bibles with and talk about God's Word. So let's get right to it. So this isn't our first time going through the book of Proverbs at She Reads Truth. This is actually our third time going through the book of Proverbs. It was Oh yeah, it was one of the very first things. It was like our very first back in 2012. Mm-hmm. I think it was like August probably. Mm-hmm. It was our very first time kind of going through like what if we did something on our own? What if we just read a book of the Bible on our own? It was the very first book of the Bible that we read as a community. Mm-hmm. But then I'm trying to think how many years ago it was that we did it again a little bit more formally with a study book. We had our big girl pants on a little bit better. And I shouldn't say big girl pants because one of the most important pair of pants in the, in the room were Russ's. <laughs> hey, Russ. Hey. Is that your favorite intro ever? That was fantastic. That was fantastic. It snuck up on me. Yeah, that really. you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> so with the last time we did Proverbs as a community, mm-hmm. Russ, you were our content director. Yeah. And I think that when we were like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's time to do Proverbs. And you were like, yeah, but like, <laughs> yes, let's do Proverbs. But hear me out. I wonder if we don't read straight through. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember thinking through how do you study a book like this? Because it's, there are some chapters that, yeah, you read it from top to bottom and it, walks you through an idea and it unpacks it. And then there are other chapters where, you know, here's a verse about money, here's a verse about politics, here's a verse about children, here's a verse about farming, you know, and then here's another verse about something else. And then this verse sounds almost exactly like the one that was in yesterday's reading and walking through trying to, how do you distill this down was really, I think, an exercise in how do you read a book like this in the first place anyway? Because you don't read Proverbs like... Like, today I'm going to read four chapters of Proverbs. That's a lot. Yeah, if your goal is to, I'm going to just crush it. I'm just going to read Proverbs in a day. I mean, go ahead and do that if you like, but... Yeah, the point of a proverb... That's just not where you're going to... Yeah. ...is that it's something you have to chew on and you have to really spend some time with, which is one of the reasons why when I think we were putting this plan together back then and this plan, the current plan now, is that the readings, there's not a ton 
the word count for each day's reading is pretty low. Yeah. Right. And that's by design so that you can have a minute to say, okay, what what does this mean? How do I understand what this proverb is speaking into my life and the experiences that I have? And if you just try to read 50 of them, yeah. eventually it's going to be a point where you're saturated, you know, where it's just white noise at a certain point. You're not using the proverb in the way that a proverb is intended, you know, yeah. and, and the yeah. way a proverb is intended to be used is as a really pithy statement that you can unpack and apply to a lot of different situations. And sometimes even a proverb will come alive on you later. Like you may read the proverb and say, okay, I've read the proverb, but then something in your life will happen and you'll say, oh, oh, I see what this proverb means now, you know, whereas before you may not have even had a context really for understanding, but that's the beauty of them, right? Is they kind of, if this is part of the scripture that you're hiding in your heart, this proverbs more than, well, not more than anything, but proverbs have a way of sort of poking their head up sometimes and saying, hey, remember me? Remember yeah. how Remember how you, you memorized <laughs> this verse? Well, you just walked into a situation where this verse really applies yeah. and really helps you. I think in a social media age in particular, this is, man, what an incredible yes. guidebook for wisdom and humility yeah. and godliness if you have a social media account. Yeah. yeah. Because it sets you free to... I thought you were going to say, because it's like a little book of tweets. <laughs> They're all about 140 characters. <laughs> oh, that it were. <laughs> oh, that it were. <laughs> it's so funny, though, and true, because last week, I mean, we were reading Daniel 11. Like, we were reading, like, huge buckets of scripture and, like, apocalyptic scripture. Oh, man. Yeah, so, like, that was a fun time. If you hadn't listened to that episode yet, go on back and listen to it. But it's a completely different genre. And that actually matters that like, we're not approaching the book of Proverbs the way we approached the first or the second half of Daniel. Yeah, It's just different. And so I love that we've really given a ton of air and space to this to just, so even in our books, we'll see that, you know, day one and day two, like the scripture readings are very light. Like Russ said, the word counts are low because they're meant to be meditated on. They're meant to be, like you said, chewed on. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to just be like, okay, read 700 words right now. Yeah, yeah. I think studying Proverbs, there's great value as a person of the book, as a person who is spending your time in Scripture to really engage with a book like Proverbs for a number of reasons. One, because it's a book that keeps you honest when it comes to genre, that certain parts of the Bible are prescriptive, meaning it's thou shall and thou shalt not. You know, you read a lot of Paul's letters, you read texts like that that are didactic, meaning they're intended to teach you something. Just you know, instructional. Just, just, yeah. yeah. But then there are other passages and books that are narrative, and that's not necessarily prescriptive, it's more descriptive, right? So it's not, you know, just because Jesus has a conversation with the woman at the well and it goes a particular way, that doesn't mean that the way that he talked to the woman at the well is the way we should talk to everybody mm-hmm. because it's set in a narrative, it's set in a context. And so for understanding like how the Bible works, it's very important that we understand the genre that we're reading. And Proverbs is a genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wisdom literature. And wisdom literature is different than Genesis. It's different than you know the Gospels. It's different than the Epistles. There's wisdom literature that appears in those other books, but the book of Proverbs is just that. And if you want to kind of develop the art of reading Scripture as it was intended to be read, you have to begin to understand 
genres and categories of literature and Proverbs being one of them. Because one of the things that we say about Proverbs, and we say it here kind of in the, there's an extra in the book called What is a Proverb? One of the statements that we make is that they are generally true. Yeah. And to say, hey, there are passages of Scripture that are generally true. The objection might be, wait, are you saying that it's not infallible, that it's right. not truth? Right. And it's like, no, it is true. It's true as a proverb. Uh-huh. And what proverbs are are statements that are generally true. Right. <laughs> right? Like it's not formulaic, you know. And so you may read a proverb that says, good sense wins favor, yeah. you know, which is Proverbs thirteen fifteen. That's generally true. We also know that's not always true. Right. 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 That sometimes good sense wins mockery and scorn and people laughing you out of the room you because you can see that in our lives and you can see that in scripture. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you have proverbs that are wisdom. Mm-hmm. They're not formula. Mm-hmm. They're wisdom. They're this is the way walk in it. And the value of them is that the cumulative effect of walking in the way of wisdom is that You'll walk with the Lord, you'll develop humility, you'll have a deeper compassion and empathy for other people, you'll have a more mature understanding of the Lord's love for you and His perspective on the world, you know, and the whole point of walking in wisdom, even Psalm 1 talks about this, you know, blessed is the man who walks in the way of the Lord and doesn't Mm -hmm. sit in the seat of the scoffer, you know, is that what we're doing and what we're about is we're about developing instinct for how to live Mm -hmm. in a world where it's hard to live, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So how do you develop kind of instinct to walk into a room, read a situation and say, the wise response here is to, you know, do this instead of that, or Mm -hmm. to open your social media account and say, the wise response for me right now would be to say absolutely nothing. What would Proverbs advise me to do right now? Yeah, exactly. Probably. Just sit quietly. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. And again, I think one of the things that I love about it is part of the developing instincts is it's cultivating humility and godliness and the instinct of choosing the way of wisdom. Mm -hmm. There's those Proverbs that are back-to-back. It's Proverbs 26, 4, and 5, where they say, do not answer a fool according to his foolishness or you'll be like him. And then the very next one says, answer a fool according to his foolishness, (laughs) or you'll become wise in his own eyes. And so you have two Proverbs that contradict each other. But do they? No, because they're Proverbs. They're Mm -hmm. wisdom sayings. And why are they back to back? That's wisdom also, right? It's a trick of wisdom in the book of Proverbs to put those two back to back. Because what do they say? They say, try to discern what kind of fool you're engaging with. Is this a fool where you should answer? Because if you don't, you know, it's going to be destructive for them. Or is this the kind of thing where if you do answer, you're just doing it because, you know, you're the guy who's, or the, the girl who's saying, actually, you know, right, you, know? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and just kind of puffing yourself up in your own eyes. The book is about how do you discern your way through the world? That's so helpful. And So before we get into, because I want to talk about our approach, Mm -hmm. this, you know, way back when we did Proverbs, that first time we did the book, we arranged the Proverbs. So we're talking about how we didn't want to read straight through this book while you can. You absolutely can. Instead, we, you know, took a 30,000 foot view and said, how do we arrange these by category, like by big category, subcategory? And so we actually 
we're approaching the book of Proverbs over four weeks, and so we've divided it into four sections. So first, we're starting with this week. The Proverbs are generally about God. And so we'll read things about, you know, the ways of wisdom and folly, the fear of God, what God hates, the commands of God. So we're curating, like ultimate curation here, where we're curating Proverbs that are under this big heading and under these also subheadings. And so the next week, it'll be Proverbs about the inner life, you know, so things like health and happiness, adversity and anger, counsel and instruction. Week three, we're going to cover like all the Proverbs about relationships. So that's parents and children, adultery, the tongue. And then in the final week, we'll do the Proverbs that cover work and wealth. So that's diligence, laziness, security, justice, gluttony, generosity, all of those. And Russ, you were so instrumental in helping us kind of look at the Proverbs and like almost play like index card and like sort and piles and stuff because it's really cool to grab all of the Proverbs about generosity and put them all together and read about them and mm-hmm. lay them against the ones that are all about greed. And a lot of times those are the same proverb. Like yeah. the reason that some of these are coupled together with their opposite or another aspect is because that's the way the proverb does it because one of the tools in proverbs is often comparison yes or even contradiction it's a lot of nuance mm-hmm. yeah and so before we get into day one which we will we'll get into this week but it helps to i think tee these things up talk to us if you can russ about you know authorship you know anything like that and then just kind of like lay out like you started to do this for us. Like, what is a proverb? Like, in the study book, pages 14 and 15, we have an extra that lays this out. But I think that it would also be helpful to talk about that here. Yeah, well, okay. So, the funny thing about a proverb is that, you know, when you think about modern-day proverbs, for example, many of them can be attributed to a person, you know. But whether that person sat down one day over a cup of coffee and composed that proverb and then released it onto the world is not always the case. You know, sometimes Benjamin Franklin gets a proverb attributed to him because the next door neighbor who might have originally said it to him was nobody of note. But when Benjamin Franklin said it, look out world, you know. Mm -hmm. But the proverbs are attributed to Solomon for the most part. The first 29 chapters are the proverbs of Solomon. And then you have the last two chapters are credited to Agur and Lemuel. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know much about them, which I think is just a wonderful Mm -hmm. little detail in Scripture that, you know, here are some Proverbs that are in the canon of Scripture, God's inspired gift to the church, infallible, written by people, you don't know who these people are, and that's, I think that helps us have to, you know, trust the wisdom more than the person. But Solomon is, you know, of course, known for, in Scripture, being the wisest man to live, and wisdom was kind of his thing, Mm -hmm. which is ironic when you look at his life. It was also a bit of a relational train wreck and spiritual as well. And so, but these are the Proverbs that are attributed to Solomon. They are his problems. They're the collection of the wise sayings. And so, I think even as kind of a collection of wise sayings, there are things that Solomon would have held forth I'm not saying that he didn't compose them himself, but I'm sure that there are some of them that, well, I mean, when you read some of them, you're like, well, Abraham was saying stuff like this, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but the art of the proverb Mm -hmm. and the composing of here's the nugget, here's the statement, here's the boiling it down. So these are attributed to Solomon, the son of David. One question about that. So he uses first person Mm -hmm. in these often. And so it sounds like something that... 
the Lord would say yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you yeah. know, but it's Solomon speaking. So mm-hmm. kind of give us a little bit of guidance of how to, as modern day readers of scripture, interpret when he says, for example, in day one, we're going to read Proverbs 2. And there are some third person, like, for the Lord gives wisdom. This is verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Yeah, but then you have something like verse oh. one that says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, etc. So there's a my that feels like mm-hmm. the my there should be the Lord. Also in day one, we read from chapter eight and it says, and now sons, listen to me. Those who mm-hmm. keep my ways are happy. And then it goes on. Anyone who listens to me is happy yeah. watching at my doors every day. And I was just like, hold on, I'm confused. Like mm-hmm. I immediately was like, wait, yeah. if I were to quote that, I would think safely assume that I'm quoting God talking, but no, this is Solomon talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Solomon talking on behalf of the Lord yeah. as Solomon. And so the first different couple, than a prophet. It's different. Yeah. It's different than a prophet, but it is Proverb. Yeah. And also, I think it helps to read the first couple of chapters of Proverbs as preamble to the proverb form that you think of. You know, do not answer a fool according to his folly for, you know, lest you become wise in your own eyes. You know, that little statement, Mm -hmm. what he's doing is he's setting up the import of why you need to read these Mm -hmm. and how you should approach them. And so the first couple of chapters are really, you know, in a lot of modern day publishing, they might be listed as preface more than chapter one, you know, where he's setting the table, even though it's him still writing and it still is wisdom literature and it still is a collection of proverbs, proverbial sayings. Mm There's much more continuity in the mm-hmm. first couple of chapters and much more of a train of thought. And then at a certain point, it becomes just kind of like almost a, you know, a bunch of statements kind of just listed. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why in day one, we have all of chapter two. Yeah. But that's going to be the only time I think, well, except for 31, mm-hmm. we'll read a big chunk, but there aren't many really yeah. big chunks like yeah, that. Yeah, there are a few of them in the right. book of Proverbs that are intended to be, you know, Proverbs 31 about the wise woman, mm-hmm. and then the first couple chapters where they are very much follow this train of thought. There's a section about adultery that is very much a unit of thought as well. And so those appear, and that's part of the, you know, the reader's work, right, mm-hmm. is to understand, okay, this is a unit of thought, and then maybe the verses after them are pretty standalone in their nature. But yeah, the first couple of chapters are the key to understanding how to read the rest of the book. And so reading those in their entirety from front to back is important to do. I want us to dive in today one and read some more of this scripture. But before we do that, just as a point of clarification, it's confusing to say, mm-hmm. like, because we believe that the word of God is true. A hundred percent Always true. true. Yes. yes. And Infallible. we just had a conversation about how Proverbs are not always True, <laughs> but not to take away from the truth of God's word. So I, something that I think might be helpful in our What is a Proverb Extra in the study book, we have a few points. And I want to just read point one, because it says Proverbs are not laws. They that are, feels so helpful. Yeah. And this particular sentence is really helpful to me. They are not promises in the strict sense of if you do A, B will always follow. For example, Proverbs thirteen fifteen tells us good sense wins favor, which you already pointed out, Russ. And we know that like, yeah, sometimes that is often true, but sometimes it's not. And so I just want to be clear that we're not 
nothing that we've said here is intended to take away from right. the truth and the complete and the authority and the authority of mm-hmm. God's word. Yeah. yeah. And something I think just to a point about wisdom in general that is helpful for me to remember and even helpful when I try to discern and understand the book of Proverbs is that wisdom it takes time and frustratingly so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so it really these, does. Yes. And so this is not you know, scripture tells us if we want wisdom, we ask God. Mm-hmm. You know, James tells us that. And Proverbs and other wisdom literature in the Bible is designed to give us wisdom, but it's not a wisdom that, like, okay, I'm going to study this, I'm going to take a test, and uh, right. now I'm wise. Right. This is hmm. a wisdom that takes time, it takes simmering on these principles, it takes life experience. Mm-hmm. And it takes walking with the Lord yeah. and learning. And so I think that when I remember, well, of course, these are generally true, but not laws, because life experience is so vast mm-hmm. that what Proverbs is actually trying to do is to help us see the nuance that exists in life and how to apply the always true wisdom of God mm-hmm. to different scenarios. Yeah. Is that fair to say? It's very yeah, it's a great way to say it. I think these, you know, part of reading scripture through the lens of truth is reading genres of scripture accurately. Yes. Right. And so we're trying to uphold the idea of the infallibility of Scripture by saying, when you read a proverb, understand these are not formulas, mm-hmm. because that's not what a proverb is. Mm-hmm. It's generally true. It's always wise. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the book of Proverbs, the reason it exists is because of the fall, right? The reason Proverbs exists is because we live in a world that's broken. Mm-hmm. And this is a book that is saying, here is how to walk through this world. Here's how to walk through this broken world. Yeah, here's how to... It is not simple. Yeah, and so they uphold virtue, they warn against vice, they echo the other passages like in the Psalms where the psalmist says, how long, O Lord, will you let the wicked prosper? Yeah. You know, what he's acknowledging is it seems like Mm -hmm. wicked people prosper, but we know in the end wickedness does not win Mm -hmm. and it doesn't ultimately prosper. So how do you walk this world even while those things are happening? How do you develop instinct and cultivate an eye for being able to read a situation and say, this is complicated. Yeah. How do I, as a follower of Christ, mm-hmm. walk through this? You know, when you get into the week on parents and children, you know, when you have children that you've raised to know and walk with the Lord and to love the Lord, and they go through a season where you struggle to see the fruit of that, what do you do? Yeah. Do you say, oh, when God said, train up a child in the way you should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it, I guess that's not true. Or do you say, I'm going to cling to that as a promise because there are things that I wish were different right now that aren't, but Lord, if anything good is going to happen, you have to be the one to -hmm. intervene and I have to follow that. So reading a proverb accurately is reading it as something that is generally true, always wise, intended to be maturing us and our perspective as followers of the Lord and how to walk through this Mm -hmm. fallen hard world. Mm -hmm. Well, let's dive in. In in day one, we read Proverbs chapter two, and we don't have to read all of it here, but I would love to read one through like 11. That was what I marked too. Best friends. Best best friends. Okay. (laughs) So let's do that. Ray, do you want to read that? Sure. Yeah. All right. Proverbs two. This is from the CSB. 
It says, My son, if you accept my words, this is Solomon speaking. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity, so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the ways of his faithful followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. So good. I mean, that's it right there, right? Why do you read these? Wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will delight you. Mm -hmm. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. I want to pray that for my kids. Oh, that's good. Noted. Noted. (laughs) Set that aside. Um, And what strikes me here is how active in the first, like, you know, five verses, it's a very active posture. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, listening, storing up, calling out, seeking, searching, discovering. But then there's this gaze, you know, toward God of like what he's going to do. He stores up well, success for the Well, it's verse six, it like right. turns it on its head. It just That's says like, right. for the Lord gives wisdom. Right. Growing in wisdom is not passive. Mm-hmm. It is a path. It is a way of walking. It's there a pursuit. Are, yes. There are a few times in this study where I just kind of marked the word way because it is a way of living. And so it's active, but then in verse 7, he stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. It's like so many other parts of Scripture. You know, it's work out your salvation, but, you know, this is not... But the work of salvation is done right. by Christ alone. This is not a view that you should boast, but it's a gift yeah. from God. So it's a both. Yeah. I hadn't actually and. noticed that, but you're so right. There's so much like, hey, work hard for wisdom. This mm-hmm. is worth fighting for, worth pursuing, for the Lord gives wisdom. Mm-hmm. So any result is still just fully from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see it. I mean, in verses 1 through 5, it's an if-then, right? And mm-hmm. verses 1 to 4 are a bunch of ifs. Mm-hmm. And then five starts yeah, with then, right. mm-hmm. and six is because. Mm-hmm. You know, if, then, because. Yeah. Hey, friends, we want to take a quick break to tell you about Embrace Movement. Our daily faith routines often live separately from our health and wellness goals, but they don't have to. Embrace Movement was founded to combine those two journeys into new workouts and faith talks for every day of your work week. Founded by 10-year personal trainer and CrossFit competitor, Andrea Ager, Embrace Movement has created a community of passionate and godly women that invite one another to build strength that lasts. From nutrition, to talks about how to pray in tough times, to postpartum resources and live workouts, Andrea brings her gift of teaching to all fitness levels from a Christ-centered and holistic approach. Spend 30 minutes each day growing stronger physically and carrying God's Word throughout your day. Our listeners can get one month of Embrace Movement free by using promo code SHEREADSTRUTH. Get more information at EmbraceMovement.com. That's movement with no vowels. So that's EmbraceMovement, M-V-M-N-T.com. 
being able to understand the Bible in our own language is so important to anchor us in our God-given value. But millions of women around the world still don't have that ability. Wycliffe Bible Translators advances the work of Bible translation for men and women around the world, and we love the work they're doing. When our roots grow deep in Scripture, that's where we discover true security, true identity, and true hope. And when we really discover who we are in Christ through God's Word, we're better equipped to reach others in our communities, families, and even people around the world with the power of Scripture. Wycliffe Bible Translators now has a ministry for women that gives you opportunities to help other women around the world get access to God's Word through Bible translation and literacy projects. You'll also find resources and community to encourage you in your own walk with Jesus. Visit Wycliffe.org truth today to find out more. Okay, back to the show. I have a little bit of a bone to pick here on day one's reading. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? Sure. And I don't really, but it's one of those times we like to encourage for our She Reads Truth community when there's something that catches you or confuses you or bothers you in scripture to just kind of press in, right? Mm -hmm. And and like there's something there. So dig a little bit. And the second passage that we read is Proverbs 8. 32 through 36. And I'm going to read a little bit of it, starting with verse 32. And now, sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. Listen to instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Anyone who listens to me is happy, watching at my doors every day, waiting by the posts of my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor. The word happy in scripture always makes my ears perk up because I hear it with my 2020 years. Mm -hmm. And it bothers me, if I'm honest, because it feels like in my human nature, I want to read that and say, well, that's just naive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so I did some digging. I am not a Hebrew scholar, just in case anyone was confused and thought maybe I was. I wanted to know more about that word happy. And so I looked it up. It is the word esher. The transliteration is E-S-H-E-R, but it's also used, listen to the other places where it's used. In Job 5.17, happy is the person God corrects, so do not reject the discipline of the Almighty. Psalm 1.1, happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Psalm 32, 1, how joyful is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Like all of these times where the same word is used, Mm -hmm. and it's like a how happy. It's like an interjection of like, yes, like Mm -hmm. happy, blessed, joyful. Mm -hmm. So can you get me back on track a little bit (laughs) with this word happy? And because it appears all throughout scripture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Okay. That that one relates to the Proverbs as a genre of literature. So I want to start there and say, when you read through the book of Proverbs, one of the ways it will challenge you is it will use as illustrations or talk about things that are unfamiliar to a modern way of life. So there are lots of proverbs that are about farming, for example. There aren't a ton of farmers. Mm-hmm. Back then, everybody was a farmer. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, or most right. people were farmers. Everybody was intimately connected to farming in some way. Or, also, or sitting at the city gate. Yes, or yeah. sitting at the city gate. Or proverbs assumes a ton about the family, about okay. what, a, what a godly family looks like, parent-child relationships, 
it takes as givens things that are very much being questioned in our current age about the relationships between husbands and wives and parents yeah. and kids and all that stuff. So Because it was written in a specific time. It was written in a specific time. However, and this is the caution I would want to give, is just because something in Proverbs speaks to an era that was different than ours, don't be quick as a reader to say, well, I really should try to figure out how to interpret that through the lens of today. Yeah. What you should try to do is try to interpret through the lens of then and understand that that is wisdom. And, you know, C.S. Lewis talked about chronological snobbery, that <laughs> idea that the most enlightened and greatest time to be alive is the time I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, that I'm living in the greatest era that's ever been. And I would I argue see... that it was the 80s, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, and that we see things most clearly now, you know, yeah. and Proverbs will challenge that. It yeah. will challenge that all day long for you is to say, actually, this is the way of wisdom, and it's not the way that our culture walks right now. Mm -hmm. So an example of that is the use of the word happy, is when we hear the word happy, we attach all kinds of Western society baggage to that word. Like we think happiness means I am unencumbered to pursue and follow my dreams, (laughs) you know? Guess what nobody was really about the business of in the Bible? That's right. Pursuing and following their dreams. You know, if you grew up the son of a farmer, guess what you were going to be? Chances are good you were either going to be a farmer or the king of Israel. You know, like like those (laughs) those are the things. There's Um, no proverb that says when you wish upon a star. Right, exactly. And so that's one of the great challenges of learning opportunities for reading Proverbs is to say, where am I imposing on this? My own understanding of a word, because when you look at all those examples that you gave of the word happy Mm -hmm, being used, mm -hmm. what you see is this is a description of somebody who puts their head on their pillow at night and their soul is at rest. That's right. Not everything is going great in their life. Jesus Mm -hmm. says in this world you will have trouble, but they are at peace with knowing where they stand in the world and knowing that they are not walking in the path of destruction, you know, and that they're able to, you know, pray with a clear conscience. And they're able to look their neighbors and their family in the eye without guilt of, you know, a double life or deception or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so the biblical understanding of happiness was you're not beset by plague and poverty (laughs) and attack by foreign armies. You know, I mean, the standard for a happy life in those days would have been our neighboring nations are not trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. Crops are growing up out of the ground. There's enough rain. I love my family. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I walk with the Lord. And we have a very individualized understanding of what happiness is. And if you read the book of Proverbs and are trying to shoehorn it into a modern Western view of happiness that is all about the celebration of self and the kind of Well, a lot of Western happiness is autonomy, right? It's not needing anybody else. It's Mm -hmm. being free to be completely who you want to be. Proverbs pushes against that and says the way of wisdom is not that. The way Mm -hmm. of wisdom is dependence. It's interdependence on one another. It's Mm -hmm. a community working together in collaborative ways that support each other with an eye toward the poor and serving the poor, you know, and serving and caring about the sojourner and the foreigner and all these things that are a part of that's where happiness resides because you're walking 
in step with God's design for his people to be what he told Abraham they would be, and that yeah. was they would be a blessing to the nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of Scripture points to this definition mm-hmm. of yeah. happiness, joy. A lot of times it's helpful for me to think of the difference between joy right. and the current mm-hmm. you know, modern-day definition of happiness, that mm-hmm. joy is like a soul-level mm-hmm you know, bone deep (laughs) happiness, where if I take God's word as truth, all of it, then my happiness is not in those things that you listed earlier, you know, that it is found in the Lord is God. Yeah. Yeah, it's more the idea of blessedness. That's right. You know, I mean, happiness is a good interchangeable word for blessed in the Beatitudes. The the ESV uses blessed, actually, and not happy in Proverbs 8. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I know some interpretations Mm -hmm. use happy for the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, happy are the poor in spirit. What, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Who wants to be a poor in spirit person? Mm-hmm. You know, who wants to? You know, happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It has to mean something. And more. so, it's yeah. this Hebrew word. What is it, Amanda? Esher. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying it right. That's the way that the voice on Blue Letter Bible said it. Cool, guys. Blue Letter Bible is Listen. a fun resource for an entry level <laughs> person such as myself. So right after our reading in Proverbs 8 on day one, we have Proverbs 9. And I don't know that this is the first occurrence in the book of Proverbs, but it's the first occurrence in our study where we see the pronoun she used. Mm. Wisdom as a woman. Yeah. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her female servant. goes on, and it's a surprise. It's a surprise that wisdom would be described and referred to as a she. Like, that is my tee up to say, Russ, <laughs> talk to us about that. Yeah. But who yeah. else is a she? Folly. Yeah. Folly is a rowdy woman in verse 13. She is gullible and knows nothing. Yeah. And I'm going to let Russ answer yeah, you the question. Can't, before you get excited about wisdom being a she, also know that also folly, folly was a she. she. And yeah. they use the exact same phrase. Wisdom says, whoever is inexperienced, enter here. Yeah. And then Folly says the exact same whoever thing. Is whoever is inexperienced, mm-hmm. enter, enter here. here. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is that when Wisdom says, whoever is inexperienced, enter here, she says, leave inexperience behind. She doesn't leave it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, also Folly. Yeah. <laughs> it's intended to ignite the imagination to consider the connection of Wisdom to the person of God. And it personifies wisdom, which I think is vital for understanding wisdom, is that wisdom is very relational. I mean, most of this study deals with – well, all of the study deals with the relational component of applying wisdom to how we live. It's all relational. Everything in this book is relational and how we relate to one another. And so what the author is doing is personifying wisdom so that we will see her and regard her as an entity that is – worthy of respect and reverence and obedience Mm -hmm. and doing it on a divine level or a spiritual realm level, if you will, which would make sense why they would also personify folly, just as we understand in Scripture that there's a, you know, that Satan, Lucifer, was a fallen angel who is bent on destruction and, you know, folly is in that same category. You can think of folly as kin to in the spiritual realm, Lucifer, you know? And so you have this personifying wisdom and personifying folly Mm -hmm. connects them to the relational significance of walking in these ways, that the things are affected and that they have 
that the origin of these things is from before the foundation of the world. Yeah. yeah. It also helps me, it just paints a clearer word picture yeah. than just like, wisdom is this, folly is this, because you get this, like, wisdom has built her house. She's done this. She's making the food. She's inviting people. Mm-hmm. And then you get the, like, folly is a rowdy woman. She's gullible, knows nothing. She sits by the doorway of her house on a seat, the highest point of the city, calling to those who pass by. And she's just going, like, where wisdom is mm-hmm. making a meal and inviting yeah. people in, folly is saying, Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is tasty. Like when it is personified, it actually helps you kind of paint this picture of like, okay, got it. Yep. And it was a culture, like when you read the opening Proverbs, it's addressed to my sons, that Mm -hmm. the the audience is addressed as male. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Which doesn't mean that the people who are supposed to read Proverbs are only men. Right. It means that, you know, this is a case where culturally, you know, that was the way that literature was written and it Mm -hmm. was assumed. But it works both ways because if you understand that he's saying – that he's speaking to sons and all of a sudden he introduces two women, mm-hmm. you know, he's saying, all right, sons, mm-hmm. there are these two women. You're going to want to follow one of them and not the other one. We're going to call one of them wisdom. Right. One, of, the, one of them is wisdom. She's like this. One of them is folly. She's like this. When you walk with one of them, great joy and happiness is yours. When you walk with the other one, it's a bad deal, mm-hmm. right? But that logic applies for women with men too. Hey, there are two guys. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? One is uh, wisdom and one is folly. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them's bad news. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's getting with the word picture. It's a really helpful word picture, I yeah. think, for, you know, especially a voice of wisdom speaking to young sons. In this case, you're going to want to follow one of them. Here's the difference between them. Yeah. You were talking about that Proverbs are wisdom written from a father to a son. And I was reading from chapter one yesterday, and there was this little part that made me feel so happy. It's chapter one, verse eight. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, Mm. for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And it goes on. But I just thought like, oh, like when you think of wisdom and these Proverbs specifically, this book of instruction as a flower crown mm-hmm. for your head, like it is a graceful garland, that the wisdom makes us beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then it's something that we bestow on yeah, others. Yeah, as you a know, crown, we it goes on help. the head. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate the point that so much of what we're going to read in Proverbs over the next four weeks is relational, because in day two, the topic is the fear of God. And so, so much of what we're going to read in Proverbs, I mean, definitely in day two, but in all of Proverbs is about our relationship with the Lord. And the foundation of it is the relationship with the Lord and how we view God and how we view ourselves in relationship to Him. And so there are only four passages on this day, and I'm going to read a couple of them for us. Proverbs 1-7, which is our key verse for the reading plan, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And Proverbs 3, 7 through 8, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Proverbs 14, 27, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. And then I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up with, <laughs> round it out with the last one, Proverbs 23, 17 through 18. Don't let your heart envy sinners. Instead, always fear the Lord, for then you will have a future and your hope will not be dashed. 
I love in this, and I think that you wrote this, Russ, way back when, but every day in this reading plan, there's kind of a little summary, like an opening statement. And this one talks about, you know, fearing God, revering God as holy. Revering Him as holy is not a posture of hiding, but a posture of drawing near. That sounds like Russ Ramsey. I like it me. when Russ responds audibly to his own writing. Mm, that's mm, good. That, that was, sounds that like was you good. to me. Mm, yeah. That sounds like me. And there is, I also recall, and I think it's somewhere in the front matter of this book where you wrote that to honestly encounter Proverbs and read Proverbs and let Proverbs read you <laughs> requires vulnerability. Yeah. And humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It requires great humility. We are stepping into this book knowing, which, I mean, you could argue step into the Bible knowing that it's mm-hmm. going to correct. Yep. But that's its very design, right, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to guide and correct in the book of Proverbs. And so much of that, at least for me personally, it is directly related. Like if I think about, like this talks about what do you envy and the daily questions, one of the questions is, what do you find yourself envying? And then, you know, what's under that? Mm-hmm. And so like with everything else in life, if we start peeling back the layers, mm-hmm. eventually what's on the very foundation, mm-hmm. it's about me and the Lord yeah, and what I believe about Him. And it's convicting. When I study Scripture, one of my opening prayers for preparing my heart to get into the Word is very short. And I got it from... Tim Keller, something I heard him say in a sermon, but it just caught me, is I say, Lord, command my soul. Hmm. That's the prayer. Command my soul, which is a hard prayer to utter because because what you're acknowledging is – this is a prayer I say through gritted teeth a lot of times because Mm -hmm. it means, Lord, if it means changing my mind on something, if it means – leading me to a point where I'm going to have to deal more honestly with sin in my own heart than I've been willing to in the past. And you're going to put a verse in front of my face that's Mm going to make me have to say, uh, you know, put me in a posture where I want to be led by you, that the request command my soul, that there's nothing offensive in my own heart about Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, but that there's a (laughs) desire because somebody's commanding it. You know, somebody's going to command it. And these Proverbs on day two, I mean, it summarizes, why do you read these? That 1427, the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life and turning people away from the snares of death. You know, there's consequence to walking in the wisdom of the Lord and there's consequence in not. And it's, Lord, make me want this, Yeah. Um, you know, when I don't. Yeah, it's that Psalm 139, search me and know me, see if there's any grievous way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Mm-hmm. Like that's the prayer. Yeah. And the companion to that, I really love, I think we read this verse, this proverb in day four this week, which is about the commands of God, but it's from Proverbs 6. I'm going to start in verse 20. My son, keep your father's command. Don't reject your mother's teaching. Always bind them to your heart, tie them around your neck. And then this is it in verse 22. When you walk here and there, they will guide you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake up, they will talk to you. Mm. And I just wrote in my margin, like, that's the relationship I want with God's Word. I want the correction and the guidance and the discipline because I know that the companion to that Mm -hmm. is, it's this, it's guidance, it's protection, 
it's comfort, it's wisdom, you yeah. know? I and love that. I like that Like, a lot what does too. it look like to walk with the Lord? Like, mm-hmm. you want to know? It's that you're so intimately involving yourself in His Word mm-hmm. that it's talking mm-hmm. to you. It's talking yeah. to you. Throughout the day. It's funny, that stretch of Proverbs you just read is very meta about the book of Proverbs yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. Because Proverbs are portable theology, right? Yeah. They're little bits of wisdom that are easy to hide in your heart. They're memorable. And and they're the kinds of things that they do talk to you. Like, I can't tell you how many situations I've been in. It makes me think of that proverb that says, the stall is clean where there are no oxen. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Which is such a great proverb that, you know, to think about what is being said in it. Yeah. It's being said, look... You know, when you're about something, it gets messy. Yeah. yeah, it does. And I can't tell you how many times that proverb has just kind of talked to me. Like it's tapped me on the shoulder uh-huh. and said, hey, remember me? This thing that you're frustrated about mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. it's because of this truth. Mm-hmm. That one always made me think of like, oh, yeah, I can keep my house clean if I never invite people into my life. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, that's not what we're living for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. My kids cannot keep my house clean. So I've got plenty of oxen. They're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of oxen. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we're not going to have time to go through everything. I mean, day three is what God hates, Mm -hmm. which all of these are so worth reading. And the questions, Yeah, I mean, you can really spend some time. If you don't have the study book, highly recommend because it has specific questions for each day. Mm -hmm. And they really worked on me. I'll just be honest with you. I went through these last week and just as a human she, not as Rachel Myers, but as, well, yeah. Is Rachel Rachel Myers Myers a robot? Yeah. (laughs) That's a fun little plot twist. (laughs) No, but just like as a, like a human before the Lord, I went through this book and answered these questions and it really engaged my mind and helped me engage these proverbs because mm-hmm. there's the reading is not long. Like I think day two has six verses total, you know, but the questions made me sit a lot longer than I might've sat if there had been 700 words. Mm-hmm. And so highly recommend the questions. They are in the book, but they're also available on the site. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you for pointing that out. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, as you go through this week, if you're listening on Monday when this releases, you've got the whole week ahead and really do take this time to read these verses as they've been curated intentionally to help you. You know, we talk about scripture, interpreting scripture, and this is, like I said, we doubled down. We did it one way a while back. And when we got to look at Proverbs a second time around or a third time, technically, we said, this time, let's just go through the book. And then we were like, nope. Like, this is really the way we want to mm-hmm. walk through these. So, yeah. Good I'm, job, Russ. It held I up. Know. Yeah, it holds up. Thank you. I think, you know, the four weeks follow a path, right? They start Godward, mm-hmm. and then they look inward, mm-hmm. and then they look at your relationships, your immediate relationships, and then they look out to the world. And so that's kind of the sequence of if you're just getting started with the reading plan, that's mm-hmm. the flow of the four weeks. That's the reason they're arranged the way that they are, is to start Godward, look inward. Look at your immediate community and look out at the world. Yeah. And one thing that the team did this time around is we actually included, we have see also passages oh, yeah. for every day. So every verse in Proverbs is included somewhere as in the reading plan. If it's not part of the daily reading, yep. then it's one of the see also. So if you want to keep digging, or if you want you to be able to going. read the entire book of Proverbs, but as it has been curated by this four step process, you can. It was a whole big project to make sure that every single verse from oh, the wow. book of Proverbs was covered, but it has been categorized and subcategorized. So you'll get the see alsos. And if you want to flip through your Bible to see the other Proverbs, you will, by yeah. the end of four weeks, have read the entire 
entire you, book of Proverbs. You guys aren't kidding around. That is strong. We, are. we do love the Bible here. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I mean, that would be a fun and intense project to do, to read through all of the Siasas as well. But my encouragement to you guys is just to receive this plan. And, you know, even on the days where you look at it and you're like, five verses? Yeah. I could do more than five verses. But if you sit in those five verses and you really meditate on them and think on them that day and through your week and just the way that we've been talking about, the way that you've kind of been teaching us to here in this conversation, Russ, I think you're going to be surprised what the Lord oh, yeah. teaches you. I was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have spent a lovely hour, Russ. Thank you for coming Thank you for all the things, for the work that you actually a long time ago put into this book. Yeah. But also for just sitting with us and talking about Proverbs. I love being here. Yeah. Your legacy love lives it. on, Russ Ramsey. <laughs> it's like coming home. Yeah. <laughs> so we did spend an hour talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth we found in Scripture. But you know what we love to do at the end of the episode. We love to ask our guests, where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, and or truth around you? And here's yeah. the thing, Russ Ramsey, he's a beauty, goodness, and truth spotter. Like yes, this he is. I know about him. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear. Okay. Well, to start off with beauty, it's we're getting the first tastes of autumn in Nashville. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Nashville does autumn really well. I wore a coat this morning. Yeah, yeah. So having that experience of stepping outside of your house and feeling a little briskness in the air and the changing of of a season is just invigorating. Yeah. It's yet another it. time I wish yeah. I could do a cartwheel. Okay, yep. sure. It's all right. It's not too late to learn. I don't we'll think work so. On it. So that's beauty. Goodness and truth, I'll bundle these together. Yeah. So many, I think, of your listeners know about Toby Williams. And if you've listened to the podcast that I was on last time, we talked about how my family adopted Theo Ramsey, mm-hmm. and Theo and Toby were best buds before their adoption in China. And our best buds They're again still and still yeah still here in Tennessee the reason they knew each other is because they both had critical heart conditions and mm-hmm. Theo had our son had open heart surgery last month and pretty major surgery and he came through very well he's doing great responding very well to it but there was a process when a kid goes through surgery like that there's a series of benchmarks and protocols that they have to meet and fulfill in order to be sent home which is like they have to get unplugged from all the things that are connected to the hospital wall, you know, and all those things that are <laughs> that are part of that. But one of the protocols for his release was his parents had to take CPR for children. Hmm. And I can't get it out of my mind yeah. how there's that passage in Hebrews, I think it is, Hebrews 13, where it talks about how Jesus lives to intercede for us. It came alive to me as we were going through that process where part of Theo's recovery and healing required the work of another to do things that he could not do for himself. Mm -hmm. And in a very real sense, taking that CPR class, you know, in that hospital conference room, we live to intercede for him now, you know, in that sense. And it just struck me as one, just a beautiful picture of what that truth means, that Christ always lives to intercede for us, Mm -hmm. that there are things that we need that we cannot give ourselves that he lives for. And just the beauty of knowing that as his parent, part of his healing resides with Lisa and I's knowledge 
of something. Hmm. Just I'm still unpacking it. My mind is just chewing on this idea. But it felt like we were doing something holy with with those little CPR dummies on the table. You know, it felt like a very sacramental moment of we're living to intercede for him, which is a picture of what Christ does for me. I think about that a lot. I've never thought about it in those terms. But there is the knowledge of like when I'm doing something for Toby in the middle of the night or preparing his meds or just doing something for him that he can't do, Mm -hmm. there's a holiness Mm-hmm. To it, and it's that way, you know. In, in all of our relationships, interactions, and the things that we do for our friends, our spouse, whatever. But it comes alive in a new way when you have a kid who depends on it in this very specific and kind of unique way. Mm-hmm. But I like that picture. Now I'm going to chew on it. Now, Russ, Good. thanks for that. Lots of chewing over Lots here. Lots of chewing. Lots of nice. chewing. Word of the day. I like it. All right. Well, next week we are, like Russ said, week one of this series. We're looking at Proverbs about God. And then, so next week we're going to turn inward and we're going to talk about Proverbs about the inner life. And we are going to have our friend Lori Ferguson Wilbert joining us for that. So we're very excited about that. Come back next week. But until then, Russ Ramsey, what do we say? Keep opening your Bibles. <laughs>